is Riz Hatton. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Dr. George Korakin, dentist and owner of My Dentist. Dr. Korakin, thank you so much for being here today. It's my pleasure. Start us off with a brief introduction about yourself and tell us a bit about your background. Uh, yes, I'm a uh, solo practitioner, although we do have a, an associate at this particular time. So uh, I practice in a small town of Millville, New Jersey, population of about 30,000. Uh, we have a staff of 10 here in my office, uh, although we do have nine operatories. Uh, we are a busy office for this area. Um, Millville actually is my hometown, so I came back to practice in my hometown. And I actually named my office my dentist because I used to actually come to this building when I was a child for my dentistry. And my dentist, my personal dentist, is the one who convinced me to become a dentist. Uh, and so here we are many, many years later uh, enjoying the practice of dentistry. Wow, that's such an incredible story. Um, my first question for you uh, today is, what issues are you spending most of your time on today? Uh, so my biggest uh, concern at this particular time, uh, outside of what uh, organized dentistry is doing, but specifically for my practice, and, and please remember, you know, I'm really more addressing uh, the solo practitioner or the small group uh, practitioner. So my issues are, um, of course, keeping an eye on the future and keeping an eye on what my, quote, competitors are doing, what the DSOs are doing, uh, and how my uh, fellow uh, private practitioners are treating that whole complex, the complex of the interaction uh, and the competition between the DSO and the private practitioner. And also keeping an eye on what legislation and what the American Dental Association is doing and saying. Um, the ADA and uh, one of the largest uh, uh, DSO groups, uh, I believe it's ADSO, have formed some sort of a unique cooperative, shall I say. Uh, it's not a partnership, but some sort of an understanding. Uh, and it should be interesting to see what path that's going to create and where that's going to pull private practices and the DSO concept. So that's one issue. Of course, more to home and more towards my office is the whole notion of staff and culture. My personal belief is this. I can buy a new x-ray unit. I can buy software. I can buy artificial intelligence. Pretty soon, I'll be able to buy a robotic arm that will do endo. That's wonderful. I can buy those things. But what can't I buy and what do I need in my office? Well, guess what? Uh, it's almost impossible to buy a hygienist. It's very difficult to buy intangible things uh, that create the culture in the office. For instance, how do you buy trust? How do you buy loyalty? How do you buy happiness of the staff? How do you buy respect? Can you buy a community, an office community, and can you buy culture? Um, so to me, you know, the answer has always been 
well, you can't buy happiness. Well, therefore, you can't buy these intangibles even for your office. You have to work to make these things happen. Well, how do I do that? What can I do to create the wow factor for my staff? And I'm also going to introduce another three-letter word uh, that should go alongside of the wow factor, the W-O-W factor, uh, and that's the fun factor. Uh, We need to combine the wow factor and the fun factor. And ironically, as you look at those two words and you kind of break them apart and you look at wow, you look at fun, you drop the F-U off the fun and you add it to the wow, now suddenly we have one, W-O-N, and we have one. And what have we won? Hopefully we'll have put together a system where we will not only wow the the patients, but we will wow the staff, we will have fun with the staff, we'll have fun with the patients, and we will all win. That's what I'm targeting right now. That's what I'm working hard to to create in my office to move forward that culture. My next question for you is, how are you thinking about investments in growth in the next two years? Investments? In growth. Uh, once again, my biggest asset is my staff. I have to invest in my staff. Can I put tools in their hands, whatever artificial intelligence allows us to buy to place in their stand in their hands to make it easier for them to perform uh, and to keep up with technology? That's always going to be job one, investment number one. Investment number two is going to be investing in the socialization culture of my practice. And right now, I don't even really know what that looks like. I think that that is going to be ever-changing in the future. Uh, But whatever comes to play, uh, I am definitely going to explore those tools and use those tools to once again reinvest into my my staff uh, for purposes of staff retention, for purposes of staff fund, for purposes of that wow factor for the staff so that we can, you know, be productive, be happy in this office environment there. Uh, And, you know, if we're going to be happy and productive, um, we'll be successful and we'll be successful at so many different levels. So once again, I I can't put a dollar sign on that investment. I can't even really qualify that investment uh, verbally. I know it's out there. I need to find it. So do other practices. Fantastic. So what are you most excited about in dentistry right now? Believe it or not, I'm I'm most excited in the fact that we have this big kind of a black hole. Um, we're looking at something that is morphing and changing. I had throughout my years watched the change in pharmacies, how the local cottage ownership pharmacy went from a single pharmacist practitioner to large box pharmacies. I watched how medicine went from 
the cottage-type medical practitioner, the single doctor, to small groups, then to large groups, uh, and then how uh, the whole medical field has changed and now how hospitals have really taken over things, how, how mega groups have been created. And obviously, that trend is going to come to dentistry. You know, dentistry is the really tail of the dog, the dog being medicine, the dog being the pharmacies. Uh, we're going to go in that same direction. So with that being said, knowing this is the background, uh, I have the opportunity to, to make my own path and to create a path for other solo practitioners. Uh, so it's something new. Uh, it may be scary, uh, but it's also exciting knowing that, you know, I can have some control of my future and can have some control over my practice and the direction of my practice. Um, and that to me is a challenge. And I think most dentists uh, are competitors uh, and will feel that challenge, and I believe will rise to that kind of a challenge. I know I will. Uh, I'm excited by the fact that my personal philosophy over the years has been one of I need to reinvent myself every three months, and I need to look at how I have reinvented myself, what are the pros and cons from where I was three months ago, and where do I need to go from here? Um, let me give you an example, if I may. Uh, the one thing that we did in our office to reinvent ourselves was to theme our operatories. Um, and when I say theme our operatories, uh, because here in Millville, we have the New Jersey Motorsports Park, which is a very large raceway. Uh, we themed one of our operatories with a racetrack uh, theme, a red chair with diamond plate, stainless steel accents, uh, racing memorabilia, and the patients absolutely love it. We have recently themed another operatory, uh, pets. And right now I've got more pictures of dogs and cats than you can imagine. And people are loving that. Uh, we have various other themes through the, through the office, sports memorabilia, uh, just to mention one more. And it's something that we had reinvent, we had done to reinvent ourselves. Um, and it's really turned out to be a big plus, uh, for ourselves. So I'm very excited by what we can do in the future. And I'm, and, and then selfishly, I, I am saying that I'm also very happy that I'm, I can turn these wheels and make my own decisions without having to have uh, a group of 10 other practices that I would have to go before some board uh, or some uh, equity group and try to pitch them uh, no, I don't have to do that. I can unilaterally or autonomously, I should say, um, decide that this is what I'm going to do. This is what I believe my community would enjoy. This is what I believe my staff would enjoy. Um, and I'm going to try it for three months. And if it's not going to work, 
we bag it and we go back to the drawing board and we start something different there. Um, but once again, I was able to do, to do it autonomously and didn't have to wait uh, for an approval from you know some uh, higher body uh, that could take God knows how long to get some kind of an approval for. So I hope that kind of answers that question. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Clarkin, uh, for your fascinating insights and time today. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Thank you very much, Liz. It's been a pleasure. Uh, as I said, uh, there's so many more things I wish I could um, add to this. One of the things uh, is my uh, Vermilion Cosmetics company, but I know that would sound too much like an infomercial. Uh, so we'll we'll table that for the time being, and maybe we'll have a chance to discuss that at a later date. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. You have a great afternoon. Thank you very much. Liz. you too now.